What's up? Uh, I'm going to make this pretty quick here. Episode 7, Short Story Bingo, Our Stories. This episode features Chris Kid K.O. Fernandez, former WBU welterweight champion and a proud father and incredible worker and someone who I have um, had the privilege to get to know better and I hope that we're able to capture some of that. I know that there's going to have to be a part two for this, but what we were able to capture, I'm very grateful for. So we go over, of course, his boxing uh, career and how he got into it. His dad and his grandfather were also boxers. And then uh, going into finding fighting, I mean, the likes of Pauli Malignaggi, uh, Danny Gar. You know what? So much more to go into it. See you guys at the end. Thank you all for the new subscribes on YouTube. And um, I know that folks are listening on Apple Podcasts. Please leave a review. Messes up without, messes the algorithm up. It doesn't know what to do when uh, we're getting five-star reviews and all that. And I appreciate it. Thank you guys so much. And, yeah, Episode 7, Chris Fernandez, Kid KO. See you guys at the end. Short story bingo. Short story bingo. Short story bingo. Short story bingo. Sometimes they're funny and sometimes they're sad. Most of the time they're funny because I hate to be sad. Short story bingo. Short story bingo. Short story bingo. Short story bingo. But don't take my word for it. Spare fingers. Yes. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, short story bingo, uh, special edition, our stories, episode seven. If this is your first time, welcome. If it's not, the retention program is working. What I do on this podcast is I interview friends of mine or uh, folks that I don't know and hope to become friends with them uh, at the end and learn more about um, their stories. Um with that said, I definitely want to say thank you for uh, the love on the Rhyme Time episode on episode six. Uh, him and I went pretty deep about uh, Mike Masters and the history that he had a lot of uh, content for because there was a lot of stuff that I didn't even remember. And so I really appreciate him for coming on. And uh, again, we referenced the the Pat Main episode so, uh, so much. <laughs> so go back and take a look at that as well. But uh, so I just want to say thank you uh, to all the new subscribers and um, folks that have been uh, checking out on all the streaming platforms. I was looking the other day and Apple uh, is taking the cake. So for my Apple listeners, if you could take a moment and it's free to do, um, it might take 30 seconds of your time. But if you could hit a review for me, if it's not five stars, just tell me why. <laughs> That's it. Um, but I appreciate all the help, man, because fuck the algor algorithm and whatever the fuck it's trying to do to the system to muddy up shit for us uh, small town creators. They're just trying to make shit happen. So let's get back to it, man. Um, episode seven. We're up in the spot, uh, ready to make it happen. I am here with a um, good friend of mine, uh, WB, former WBU um, middleweight. Welterweight, welterweight, welterweight champion, 
Chris Fernandez. Chris, say hi. What up? What up? Um, so the the point of this, like I was just telling you before, the uh, we sp- I want to talk to you about what I remember from when we first met, and so I'm going to start there. Okay, so I I first remember meeting you. I swear it, it had to be at um, Five Monkeys. I think it was at Five Monkeys, like uh, between ten to fifteen years ago, for sure. It was between ten to fifteen years ago. So like between. Like 2009 to 2012. Was it, was it a concert? Yeah, it was a it was a show, and I remember um, Mike Skills or Joe Baca, one of those two, being a part of that introduction that I that I met you, and he they explained that you were the champ, and um, I had no idea, like I didn't know at all, and then uh, I, although I don't remember the exact like show that I met you at, I I remember coming away from. Um, that initial introduction, wanting to learn more about who you were. So, uh, you had a fight, um, in 2012 against, uh, at the, at the Sandy Expo Center, right? Or yeah. Um, and that was to defend the title, um, that I recall. And I remember seeing you in like the Deseret News, um, cause I started to research you. <laughs> so I started, I was like, who is this cat? And, um, so that's what I remember, um, for meeting you. And then fast forward to like 2017, I want to say when I came back from, uh, Wyoming and you were training, well, yeah, like I was looking for some training and like your, our relationship wasn't, uh, it wasn't, it just wasn't a lot. I mean, we, we spoke and, and because of Mike masters, because that's when we started to really like talk more, um, uh, so when I came back, I reached out to you because I wanted to train. And so uh, I don't even know if you remember this, but uh, when I got back from Wyoming, I was training over at Flashes for like a week. Yeah, I it, that. yeah, yeah, it wasn't long. And um, uh, it was then that it was more solidified for me that like, oh man, like this guy has a big heart and he fucking cares and shit, you know? And because I, like I said, outside of like Mike Masters, like our, we haven't really like interacted much, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not that that's a bad thing or whatever. It's like we, we've always been cordial when we've um, interacted, you know. And then after that, um, we, I didn't really speak with really a lot of folks, but uh, you in particular until um, I would say, uh, what was it? Uh, I saw your car. Remember what was what spurred these last interactions? Like when I went over to your house to check, take a look at your car and everything. Well, a lot of it started with hanging out with Mike. That's it. There <clears> you <throat> go. Mike's okay. House. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. A few times. Right yeah. There. Yeah. Yeah. So that's how our bond started to grow a lot more, you know, from my purview. But, um, and since then, uh, like about the last two years, I would say, um, even though we don't talk every day, it's always, you know, it's always been very cordial. So that's what I remember. That's a, a very vague timeline on what my memory is of, uh, not vague, but high level timeline of what I remember of meeting you and up to now, like what my experience has been. Do you, you said like before we got on that you don't remember at all meeting me. Well, if I had met you at five monkeys, I was probably lit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah. <clears throat> no, um, I know I used to go to a lot of those small little concerts they had there. They had a couple of rap battles. I think there as well. I know Ahat did a, did a couple there, um, 
But that was a little spot over there. Yeah. Five Monkeys was a shit. Yeah. Yeah. It's a high, ice, ice house, house now. now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what I remember that you you judged some of my battles yeah, back I, in the day. You had the tournament going. Yeah. yeah. So you so this is 2013. That um, it wasn't at Five Monkeys, but like at Uprock or. Well, they had it at that place on Third West, um, off of like Seven South. Third West and Seventh South. Well, that was that was they had the one we did. Well, where, where was the tournament at? The tournament was um, at a couple of different spots. So it was at the project. So yes, you were right. It was on se- like Seventh South and Third West, mm-hmm. or something like that. Yeah, yeah, you're right. That's where we had at, at the project. Um, shout out to you, Evan and Elm Productions. Um, man, I got I can't wait to get Evan on here. That's a whole fucking episode just of the project. Oh my God. That was such an incredible fucking facility for art maker or, uh, creatives. Um, anyway, uh, so that's where we had that. And then we also had it at, uh, we finished it at Uprock, the, uh, new Uprock location off yeah. of fifth, 16th and state. We had a couple battles there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Outside of all that, okay. So outside of all that, I see you. I saw you in October. You came out to the, the first event that we had back, and uh, you had on your young rip shirt. Uh, and um, I never, I didn't ask you that then. But like, uh, where did where did you get that? Did you make that or what? No. Um, right after you passed, yeah. Um, I don't know. If it was an hat event that happened. Um, who was it? Emerson Kennedy battled. Uh, what's the guy you had on your last show? Lot of Zay. Lot of Zay. Okay, so okay. that was the one there, and I believe B side even battled too, if I remember right. Yeah. Um, that was shortly after he passed, and so I actually we I bought the shirt, um, to raise money and stuff, um, and obviously support Rip. You know. Yeah. Um, the times I I was around him, I didn't know he was sick. I just when I first met him, I just thought, okay, maybe he don't have an arm. Maybe you know, I I didn't ask, I don't ask questions. I didn't get in his business. Yep. But being around him more and more. Um, you learned that he never, he never complained about a situation. He never, he never, you know, Oh, my poor life, my poor life. He always was a beat. Mm-hmm. He always was happy. He's joking around, you know, he's always in good spirits. And so that's the, that's the biggest memory I have mm. with rip is, is, um, how happy he was just, he was happy. Even though he was going through what he was going through, I didn't know he was going through that. That's why people wild. around him knew that he was going through that, but I didn't know it. He didn't put that put that out there like that. Yeah, you know, and I respect him even more for not doing that because it's really hard. Not even in this day and age to even post something on Facebook like I had a hard day today or something like that. He, nothing, you no. know. He just was always happy. He was cracking jokes. Very rare. You know, yeah. I mean, the guy had a talent. The guy could spit. The guy. The guy Fuck yeah. I still listen to his his old tracks, and I I get teared up. You know, it's just it's so sad that life is taken um, <clears throat> so soon. Yeah. You know, he was he was young. Yeah. You know, and and to be taken on something you can't control, you know, uh, cancer, cancer. I mean, there's obviously that it, it doesn't it doesn't care. It doesn't discriminate against anyone at all. You know, at any age. I mean, it's, it just saddens me to see people like that um, that have just upbeat spirit, you know, have so much to give, you know, get taken. Yeah. You know, it breaks my heart. And you got other people who just been, you know, piece of shit the entire life. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's no other real and way. They're, to still, they're still around. Yeah. You know, it, it drives me nuts. Yeah. That's a, uh, that's a, uh, that, you know, uh, 
that lifelong question to God, like, how, why do you take away the good ones or whatever, you know, like right. so soon or what have you. Um, but yeah, right. To piggyback on your point though, like Rip definitely, even in my experience, like I knew from the jump that he was sick. Like, uh, he was pretty open about that with me, but we were, we were talking a lot, you know? I mean, he was, uh, he immediately got involved with the battles, like, and like with helping me, uh, even with matchup suggestions and shit like that. But he, uh, he'd never talked about it. Like, um, if he was not feeling well, like, uh, a perfect example is uh, Mountain West Showdown uh, 3, the one that we had at the Pickle Factory where a lefty battled Caustic and um, Dirtbag Dan came and helped host. Um, uh, he was so sick then, he had a mask on. And um, I remember being like, no, it's cool. We'll make sure that we have all the video. Like, obviously, we're going to be taking video of it. And he's like, no, nah, man, I'm going to be there. And I was like, I, who am I to fucking tell him no? Right. For sure, you know? Right. And honestly, at the time, um, this is like, obvious, like 2013, like, um, hindsight's 2020, as I'm literally thinking about it right now, like, damn, he could have caught, like, any other illness uh, just, like, coming out because, like, so many people um, were there, you know? Um, and I think about that now because of COVID and fucking, like, just how quick fucking diseases spread. But um, he came out and uh, he was definitely very ill, uh, very ill, but he was right by the stage. And um, damn, that just made me think about that. Um, and uh, I, I wanted to bring him on the stage to fucking have him host. Um, and he was like, fuck you, Doc. I'm not going to get the fuck up. Like like, yeah, he's like, what the fuck, bro? I'm fucking... <laughs> Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, rest in peace, rip, man. That was, yeah, I agree with you totally. There's one of his, I mean, plenty of his songs, but, um, his song last breath. Do you, yeah. Last breath breaks me up every time. Oh my God, bro. I can't get every every single time. It's not, not not only his, 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 his his lyrics and his storytelling, which is, I think was great, mm-hmm. but obviously the beat and everything else too is, is something you can just ride to if you're not even into lyrics. Right. Yeah. You know, but knowing what he was going through too, on top of that, yeah. yeah, adds to it. It adds to it totally. And then you can also hear the conviction in his voice and the emotion behind it and all that shit, you know? Um, rest in peace, Young Rip. Go fucking listen to that song. I'll actually put it in the comments of this shit. It's called yeah. Last Breath by Young Rip. Um, okay. So... That was the, and the reason why I brought that up is because first off, I haven't seen that shirt in quite some time. And I was just like, dude, of course, fucking Chris has this. Like you are, um, someone that, uh, I have come accustomed to understanding that you, um, the things that you value, you definitely take care of (laughs) very, very well to, to include your car, the, the new, the whip that you have, the Thunderbird. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What year is it? 66. 66. Fucking Christmas shit. Man, I think it's, it's a lot of work, man. I know it is. It's a lot to put that suck to. You're doing it. You have a car that's 50 years old, and you got to do a full restoration. Yeah. Nuts and bolts. Everything's got to be done. And I'm not a mechanic. It's been take, It's taken me almost four years to get to where it is now. Right. And it still needs a lot more. Does it need a lot it more work? a lot more. And I'm just like, my wife's like, well, how, how much longer do you want to keep doing this? Right. <laughs> It's like, well, I'm not tired of it yet. Yeah. It's fun to drive. 
It is. You know? it, I mean, it's pretty as shit. Yeah, it looks it very. Good, yeah, know? it's it's under covers right now. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Of course it is. Um, but the point is, is that uh, you definitely um take care of shit. Like, uh, it's. I think that that's a um a quality that not a lot of people have, and I just have always understood that. That's why I said, like, of course he's fucking wearing this shirt. They he's kept it in such great condition for so fucking long. Like, I have a couple shirts like that, but um, yeah. So that just stood out to me. Um, what were your impressions of like coming back to seeing just like that event take place because of what your involvement was when I first started that whole thing? Like, what was your impression of like, Oh shit, Mike masters is doing this. No, I'm glad battles are back. Cause I'm a fan. Yeah. I've been a fan. I think I, <clears throat> I was thinking about this the other day. Um, the first battle that I ever watched was disaster and caustic. Whoa. And, um, I was like, cause battling when I grew up was like a house parties. You know, oh, okay. you call someone out, a guy can rap, got another guy can rap, let's, let's have this battle. Yeah. And so the rap is different. You know, now it's <clears throat> now it's it's really articulated and it's really um written really well. You know what I mean? Guys, and that's where I respect the craft too, because it takes a lot to write, you know, good content, and then to memorize the good content and all the punchlines and everything else and and just to remember all that stuff. Because I have a hard time remembering a lot of things. Yeah. You know, but to remember you know, something you write down and you have to say three rounds. That's that. I take my hat off, man. I respect that. And so I, I'd love the sport, <clears throat> but you've been a fan of it. Then. I've been a fan. I've been a fan for a long time. Yo, that's fucking wild. I would never have known that like even before. Okay. Um, and you brought up that you're a fan of the sport. All right. Do you, this is going to transition so easily into what we're going to talk about. Um, would you say that a big deal of that is because, uh, you are, you know, you're a fan of like box or not, not just a fan, but a boxer in general. Does it have, does it ring true a little bit? Like when you see two people in like a vicinity, like the, yeah, com- yeah, competitive. Yeah. It does. Yeah. Okay. So you, so you, uh, graduated from Highland. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. Uh, what up Highland Rams? Yo, <laughs> I went to judge. How would that be? Yeah. <laughs> How would that be? Oh, shit. <laughs> Because I went to Highland, doesn't even think I have money. I yeah, broke. no shit, that's fucking wild. Um, I, I I thought I in doing some research, I and this is the first time that I've done research, and I'm gonna I feel like it's gonna be very beneficial moving forward. But, um, walk me through uh, like growing up with your in a in a family dynamic where your father and your grandfather were both fighters too. Um, was it pressed on you to be, to do something like Always. that? Really? Always. When? So what? I, how old were you when you started? Um, <clears throat> I have, I have pictures when I was about seven, um, maybe even eight. Um, boxing, like my my family get together every weekend, and the entertainment was break dancing, kids break dancing, kids fight. So all of our cousins, we all we all got together and we'd box. Yo, you know. So that's what we used to do. And I had pictures when I was younger um, of that in a basement. But they put us in the basement and they put chairs around us so make us fight. Nah, entertainment. You know. But I was doing it. My very first fight I had, I was I think fifty five pounds. That's a little guy. <laughs> that's a little guy, man. That's like the lowest weight there was, fifty five pounds. Yeah. Wow. You know, um, like an amateur fight. Or yeah, like with your kid, yeah. oh with your, okay yeah, okay yeah. okay okay yeah, my first amateur fight I was at like fifty five pounds and I like in a ring and shit yeah, in a ring. okay so you're a fit, you're a little cat yeah mm-hmm. how old were you 
I was seven. You had to be um, ten to compete. <laughs> but my dad lied. You, oh my god! <laughs> my dad lied. I mean, he, he back then you didn't have to produce anything. It was ten bucks a year for insurance. You didn't have to produce any freaking birth certificate. Nothing. Just what's what's his age? Okay, okay. What's he weigh? Okay, yeah, he looks like he's ten. You know, he looks like he's <laughs> ten. <clears throat> Put him in there, and so. I was fighting kids, you know, 10, 11 years old. Okay. So seven years old, fighting kids, 10, 11 years old. Uh, your dad and your, and your grandpa, they were, they're fighters too. Um, what, uh, because I, 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 as I was reading that, I was just thinking like, what would that be like to be like, what, what was it? Walk me through being his son. And like, like the, were you trying to, was it more him guiding or was it you like um, after he guided you to a place, you were like, I'm going to excel at this. Like, did you like boxing when you were a kid or was I didn't mind it? Okay. You didn't mind it. Okay. Because you're a kid. It doesn't hurt to get hit. Yeah. Um, once you get older, it starts hurting and then you have to, it's more discipline. You know, it's more, it's more, um, it's a lot of work and a lot of guys get turned off by the work because they don't, they're not disciplined. You know, they don't want to, they don't want to, they don't want to put forth the work you need to put forth to to be somebody. You know, when I was a kid, um, like I said, we all would get around and we'd all would box. Yeah. Um, I never thought I would take it as far as I did. Um, I liked it. I played baseball. I played football. I played other sports. You know, um, my my dad taught me how to box, and he took me to his trainer, um, who was Red Taylor. Or Red passed away. He's been twenty years now since Red's been gone. What up, Red? <clears throat> um, he took me to Red. Um, cause he says, you know, it's the best I could do. I can't go any further. I'm gonna take him to a guy that can take him far, farther than, than I can. And, uh, red was like my custom model. He, he, he didn't have any kids. Um, he had a bunch of, bunch of kids that were in the gym that he, he helped and took care of, but him and I had a relationship till the day he died. Wow. You know, he uh, never had any kids, but he always considered myself and, um, my friend Lucius uh, Valencia who passed away. Uh, it's been a couple of years now. Rest in peace, Lucius. Yes. Yeah, is it, his boys his sons, you know? And so, um, he was a crucial in my life, not just with boxing. Cause he, oh, he never wanted me to box past amateur. Really? He never wanted, cause how corrupt the sport is. And he, oh. he was like, I'm, I can't be there to, to guide you. Cause I don't know anything about professional boxing. You know, he was, he was a great amateur coach. You know, he had a couple United States teams. Um, he took a team to the Pan Am games Had Muhammad Ali Cassius clay Damn. was, was one of his, his light heavyweight. You know, when he was a young kid. What? You know, um, and so he, he was been around. He was around for a long time in the amateur okay. boxing scene. But professional, he, he just didn't like the corruption, um, the crooked people. Um, and I, I I saw that when I got got into the game. Yeah. You know, I mean, my very first pro, very second, my first pro, my second pro, second and third pro fights, I had to pay um, for, for me and my trainer to fly to L.A., put us all up. You know, um, and when I got done fighting, they gave me my check. I signed the back of my check and I gave it to the guy I fought. So I, given I wasn't making no money. Right. You know what I mean? And I was going, I, was, cause I needed to get the fights, you know, and just seeing. That was the, at the Great Western Forum. I don't Western want, Western I, don't, Forum, I don't yeah. want you to just that glide was, over the fact <laughs> that he fucking boxed at the Great Western Forum. The Showtime Lakers played at the Great Western Forum. Anyway. Yeah, they had money that fights there for 30 years. Yeah. Every Monday night. And they were televised. I want to say it was wasn't ESPN, maybe Fox, some some sports channel televised it. 
Mm-hmm. So a lot of great fighters come out of there and fought there. De La Hoya fought there. Um, uh, Marco Antonio Barrera was a big draw there. Um, obviously, a lot of Mexican fighters. Yeah, yeah. You know, and the guys that I fought down there were meant for Mexico. Yeah. You know, but I, you fight at midnight on a Monday night, and there's still people in the stands. What? Those fans. The guys, they didn't know, they didn't know me. They didn't know you at all. They no, didn't know yeah. me at all. Yeah. You know? But they're fans of the sport. Fans of the sport. So it goes. So to go back to what you were talking about, I mean, you paid for that. Like I have a. It says in here, second pro fight in the Great Western Forum. You paid for it? Question mark. And that. And it was because why was that? Because you just had to get these fights. Like yeah, there's no local promoter, man. There wasn't like it is today. Flash wasn't around then. If Flash was around, I, I would have been. I would accomplish way more than what I did. Way more because by the time I got I got the Flash, I was four four and three. You know. Um, I just hit a rough patch. Yeah. You know, and taking fights like that was really, really hard on my, on my, um, I was hard, hard, hard on myself, my, yeah. my body too, you know, so I, I, I quit. But you, you know, talk about the mental part. The yeah. Mental you, part of it. Yeah, yeah. So I quit in 2001. Yeah. You know, um, took five years off. And during that five years, I see people on TV that, that were amateur and I knew that I had beaten guys that I knew. And I just knew that I, I can, I can do it. I said, I could do what they do. Yeah. You know, at the time when I first turned pro, we had no promoter, you know, to build your record. Flash came in. I'm like, boom, there's my guy. Yeah. You know, Flash, he fell in love with me. You know, from well, the time I went, went How'd in. you find Flash? He had a gym. Wait, 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 wait. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. There's so much that I w- but want to touch on. I'm going to put a pin in where you find f- found Flash. Hold on. I'm going to put a pin in that. Because I want to go back to when you took two years off initially. Um, from like 98 to 2000, roughly. Um, what was the reason for that? So my last fight that I had, I had taken a short notice fight, short notice is four days, took a four day notice fight. That is wild. <clears throat> and that's, it's okay. I fought on, I fought on a day notice once. <laughs> and so you fight, you fight, you know? And so, um, I took a, I took a short, short notice fight in Washington. Um, my family happened to drive down there from Tacoma to Olympia. It was a couple hours. And, um, Dude, I had a, I didn't know. I wouldn't have taken the fight if I knew they had same day weigh-ins. You know, where everybody else where I've been fighting and how it is now, you weigh in a day the day before. You the fight's on a Saturday, you weigh in Friday after Friday night. You know, you have twenty four hours to rest up and get ready for the fight. Um, this fight, I weighed in at nine o'clock in the morning and I fought at five o'clock PM. Whoa. <laughs> you know, and I lost a bunch of weight. I had to lose fifteen pounds. Yeah. You know, to to make weight. And it took everything out of me. I had nothing. I had nothing in my legs at all. Nothing. And, um, I mean, that's no excuse why the guy beat me. Probably would have beat me if I was healthy. I don't know. We, we don't know. Yeah. I just know when he hit me with a jab, he dropped me with the, with a jab. I had no legs. No legs at all. Damn. You know, so I got I got beat. I got stopped. Um, and my mom wanted to jump in the ring. She was going crazy. And I told her I'd never fight again. That was, Okay, so that was the promise to your mom that you were not going to fight again. And so... Then that goes into the next five years, um, and that's when you, we again we were talking before, but that's when you became a father, like or you know. So there was a lot of transition in your life, you know, during that time frame. In that five years, you were just speaking to it, but I want I want to dive into that a little bit more when you were watching like, well, other welterweights at that time, twenty four. Uh, let's so two thousand one. Let's two thousand one, two thousand six. Who was Killing it at 2001 to 2006. Um, Floyd. Floyd, yeah. Fernando Vargas. 
uh, David Diaz. And those those are all guys that I, I were amateur with. Yeah, you know Fernando Vargas and um, David Diaz both were in my same weight division. We fought amateur at the same time in the same weight division. We never fought each other. Yeah, but we fought a lot of the same guys. That we all fought a lot of the same guys. So you so that was your your class. Yeah. Well, yeah. Um, well, number weight class. No, no, no. Your class, like uh, the group that you came up, or the, if you were to say, yeah, 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 yeah. That's what I'm yeah. talking about. Yeah. Those guys were on the 96, 96 team. <clears throat> yeah. Okay. So watching all that uh, from wherever you were, doesn't matter. Um, you had this like, dog, I could fucking, even in like 2002, like even though you made the promise and you're going through all this transition, uh, I would have to imagine that some of that fight and fire was still just like brewing it. No, really. Oh. Okay. So it was, you were checked out. What, so obviously then it had to be near the tail end, I guess, like 2005. When it, when did it start to creep back in and what so, what creep made it creep back in? I stayed away from boxing. I don't want nothing to do with I, it. I remember this story. I remember you yeah, telling me about this. Like five years ago you were telling it. me this. I wouldn't watch it. I wouldn't listen to it. And I still have every magazine every month from Ring Magazine, you know, because I read about them, read about the fighters and stuff. And I take – I still – I mean, I was – 2001, I was like what, 20 – two or three or something like that. Um, but I would still take them and put them on the wall. You know what I mean? That's just, I, <clears throat> I stayed away from all them. Didn't watch any fights at all. Um, Cause I just didn't want to relive it. Yeah. You know, I didn't want, I didn't want to have that fire start burning again and go, man, I got to get back in there. I didn't want to, I, I, I did. I checked out, but little by little, um, as I started working at a gym, uh, my uncle used to be part owner of Lifestyles 2000 as a fitness center. They had a chain of them, five of them. And um, he got me a job, and I was making really good money. And I was in the gym every day, and I had to What up, out. Lifestyle? <laughs> they they got bought out by Golds. Oh, shit. Yeah, okay. Golds got bought out by Vasa. But um, he, um, I don't know if you remember that gym on 21st South, right there off of like 11th, 11th East. Uh, 21st and right 11th East. From, from Granite. Um, from Granite, Granite hi, Furniture, Granite Furniture, Twenty First and Eleventh East. Oh shit! Okay, yeah, that yeah. Gym. So that was one of the gyms that he owned. He okay. they had that gym the longest. That was original. That's one of the all the gyms. way. Up. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I either worked at that gym the longest, but I worked at all the gyms that he had. Yeah, they'd always move you around, but I worked at the the Sugar House one um the longest though. I like that gym the best. Okay, so you were just working there, like as a trainer, or yep. okay, okay, cool, keep going. Personal trainer, um, sold gym memberships, made making a good living. You know, we did well enough. My ex wife and I, we bought a house. You know, we're living the good life. Um, but little by little, like I said, um, be working out and stuff. I I knew I could still do it, and it started coming. I was still young, you know, still young enough. Yeah. Um, in two thousand six, when I came back, I want to believe I was twenty nine. 28 or 29. Okay. Something like oh, that. Well, 2006 is, yeah, that's when. Uh, 26. Yeah. Because then you, yeah, you, so, two, well, 2006 is when you had your next fight. So, 2005, um, 2005, I started training. Um, and who started? Who, who is that? When Flash. you coached up with Flash? Okay, yeah. there we go. Now we're gonna come back to the pin. Boom. So you're working at the life at the Lifetime or Lifestyle? Well, I had um I had lost my job at Lifestyles. Okay. Um, I had um well, it wasn't Lifestyles anymore. It was Golds. Okay. So right. they already I just that was with Golds for a year. Um, end up 
you know, losing my job there. Yeah. You know, I lost that job. I did, you know, jobs here and there. And it was really hard, man. And I had a family. I had, I had a mortgage. You know, um, my my wife wasn't working. You know, she's strictly going to school. And so it was a lot to to hold down. Yep. Especially when you're bouncing around from job to job. And finally, I was like, I'm just going to fight. I'm just going to fight full time. You know, and just focus myself on just competing and just training as a job like it was my job. Um, and no money, even though I was, you know, devoted and dedicated to the sport with, you know, seven pro fights, you know, fighting locally here in Utah. There's no money, man. I was making like, I actually, I wasn't making any money. Um, Flash never, he never, I'll say he never paid me, but Flash didn't pay me, you know, um, mainly just to get, get fights, yeah. you know, to get on the winning track, get fights under my belt so I can hit the road and take big fights and make money, you know? And the, most of the fights I fought here locally weren't, they weren't dangerous fights. Oh, okay. Know? I mean, it was basically, it's kind of like you pick somebody you're going to fight. You're not going to pick somebody who's going to whoop you. Right. You know I mean, you're going to pick somebody who's going to win. Yeah. You know, I was just trying to get fights under my belt and build a, a, a good winning record before I hit, hit the, uh, hit the road. So that's, that, that speaks to then the 10 fight win streak. Cause I mm-hmm. saw there was a 10 fight win streak. Um, and, so none of those fights you would you say were scary like the uh, no not saying say that it was scary there, there was see me not scary my <laughs> bad <laughs> there was there was one fight man um flash and i like we get together we're gonna go visit flash flash is funny we yeah stories. yeah i want to fucking listen but to he flash. was in my corner and we fought in lincoln city um oregon which is right on the coast of yo oregon. flash we're gonna fucking we're <laughs> gonna make it happen flash we're gonna all three of us are gonna sit yeah hell yeah so we we were there and um Every time, every round, I'd hit this guy and I'd rock him. I'm going to get this guy out of here. And it would piss him off. He'd come back and he'd rock me. i hit him, rock him, come back, he'd rock me. And it was going on for like like a couple rounds. And the fourth round came out and I, I rocked him real good this round. Yeah. And then as soon as I rocked him, he came back and he just threw a combination and he rocked me right in the bell ring. I don't remember it. No way. I don't remember. Like, I, I don't remember walking. I, I, I see it on video. Yeah, yeah. Now I, I know what happens, you know, because I saw it on video. But during that time, I, I didn't remember going to the, the corner. I didn't remember, like, the next couple rounds. Like, I was I was out of it. And Flash, it's funny, he tells a story because he was talking to me. And I, he says, you were somewhere else. He goes, I was looking at you. Your eyes were up. So he goes, what I did was I pulled your pants shorts out and I threw ice down your shorts. He goes, it woke you up. Yeah, <laughs> it woke you right the fuck up, dang. Yeah, he was slapping me and nothing. No, in the no, corner? No reaction. He's like, in between rounds? Up. Wait, he's him slapping me like this. Was you it know, between rounds? Between rounds. Trying oh, to me shit. I was out of it. I Did you fall? It. No, he didn't knock me down. Oh, you? he just. It was right when the bell rang. He threw a combination, bing, and he hit me, and I, I go back to the corner, and I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> 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 but I woke up. Um that ice, that ice water, I did, I did it for me. That right? did it. You got me going, and I just wanted to finish the fight. Yeah, you know, just just get get the W. Yeah, you know, but that that fight could have changed a lot of things. That I do would have would have got got to me ten seconds earlier. Wow, you know? that's wild. That's so okay. I appreciate you putting more context on that because that's. I mean, you had said like you pick a fighter and you're like, I'm trying to stack my stats. Um, this is a fight out of town. I didn't pick this fight. Oh, you didn't pick no. this. Okay. 
Okay. Well, then that would also take that too. Even though you're trying to stack your stats, you don't. I, I would imagine. I don't take you for someone that would underestimate any of your opponents ever. No. Yeah. So whenever, whenever you're in the ring, because I think about this too, like in a battle, you know, like I. Um, I don't ever underestimate the other person, you know? Like, I wait to get their best punch or their best line or whatever you're like. I'm like, oh, fuck. It's, it, it's there somewhere, you know? Like, something, he's going to say something, and um, the whole crowd's going to fucking go crazy, you know? So I always prepare for that. I don't ever think that I'm going to fucking battle a slouch, you know? And so just, like, you, even though the, like I said, you were padding stats. Like there wasn't ever a time that you had entered a ring and you're like, yeah, fuck, I'm, I'm going to roll through this. Can't. You can't, you right? can't do that, man. Because there's like Mike Tyson says, man, there's an unwritten rule that you may lose your life. You know, there's not the rule. It's not on the contract, you know, but there's, there's an unwritten rule that you can lose your life in that ring, you know, and I've seen it. I've seen it many times on TV. I've seen it. You know, obviously on TV, I've never seen anybody. Yeah. I've done it too or anything like that. But um, but I used to have dreams, dude, of me dying in the ring. I used to have dreams of me, and I was okay with it. Yeah. I was okay with that. I said, if that's the way I'm going to go, that's the way I'm going to go. You know, but there's that unwritten rule, unwritten man. You rule. just never, <clears throat> you never know if you're going to come out the same way. And the worst thing that can happen is if you come out, say you don't die and you come out a vegetable. <sighs> Some fighters do. You yeah. Know, that's even worse. Do you think um, knowing that that risk is in place, like you have to have a comfortability with it? I mean, you explained that you do, but like, have have you talked to other fighters before? Like, as they're coming up, and um, has that ever been a, a piece of advice that you've given to them? Like, there's has to be a comfortability in the mortality um, of uh, of you know the the fact that you could like be seriously injured or whatever like is there something that has to do you feel like you have to be comfortable with that in order to achieve some great success like kind of like look this is what i'm subscribing to do like football players you know this uh this damar hamlin thing that just happened like um i just hear about a lot of football players talking about how it's a sobering reality mm -hmm. that they are playing this fucking violent ass sport where they're having car crashes every type time of impact. Hit. Yeah. So I, and, and they're okay with it, but are they okay with it? Because when something happens, everyone gets all, Whoa, hold up a minute. You know, everyone starts recalculating as soon as something for real happens and you're like, Oh shit, that's right. We could die. So do you, you explained a little bit about your comfortability with it, but is that has that ever come across for I you? I had a conversation with people about um, that part of the game, um, but I mean, you see it nowadays with a lot of guys that they look for ways out, and that that could be that they're not ready to. You always hear, oh, "I'm ready to die. I'm ready to die." You know, is he really ready to die? I've heard guys say that on TV, and they get in there, and next thing you know, he's tapping out. You know. There's, there's many ways, there's many forms of, of quitting. You know, just because you don't say I quit doesn't mean that you didn't quit. You know, if a ref goes and asks you, do you want to continue? And you don't respond, that to me is saying I quit. You know, so there's been many forms of, of, of quitting. A lot of guys, if they're not built for that, um, I, I could see them doing that. Hmm. You know, it's not for everybody. Boxing is not for everybody, you know, um, People, a lot of people see the glitz and glamour. A lot of these guys making money, but they got to put the work in. A lot of work, 
and not not just professional. I mean, amateurs. They're amateurs since they were kids, traveling everywhere. Like when I was a kid, I used to travel everywhere and fight, fighting every weekend. You know, what I mean, I had a hundred amateur fights. You know, by the time I was thirteen, I had fifty amateur fights. You know, wow. just traveling, traveling, going, going here, going there. Because when I was younger, my parents divorced um, when I was twelve, and then my mom had moved us up to Tacoma, Washington. So I went to Tacoma, I boxed up there. And when I boxed up there, um, it was a sobering experience because I was the best fighter in the state in Utah. And I go up there and I'm like the fifth, sixth best fighter in the gym, <laughs> you know? Wow. And there's a bunch of kids that are my age. We're all the same. We're all good. We're all friends still um, to this day. But they all could fight. They all could fight, you know? And, and Coach Tom, he had, um, you know, Emmett Linton becoming, you know, was a, one of the best amateurs at the time. Um hmm world champion professional uh paul vaden uh paul became a world, a world champion also was one of the top amateurs I and mean, he has he has a national champion champion now um a kid out there now but he, he they just raise fighters out there and it's different the fighting's different out there than the fighting where's this again in tacoma washington tacoma washington yeah, yeah. so you so <laughs> the sobering experience uh being out there and being like holy shit like was that uh, was that also um, motivating though to like to be around like oh, some yeah. t- top competition to and be like yo exactly I that's had what to get yeah. better it raised my game you know I spar with with a guy named Isaac Isaac was countering everything I was throwing I wasn't used to that and he's so fast it's fast I'm like oh, how am I gonna figure this guy out <laughs> how am I gonna figure this guy so I started doing started doing to him what he was doing to me oh and shit next thing you know it become a, a master session like it's back and forth back and forth. You know, you, you, you pick off of what he's doing, and then you got to try something else. And that just makes you better. You know, plus, I mean, psychologically, dude, when you're fighting, you know you're fighting the best guys in the gym. These guys could fight. Yeah. And you go out there on the road, it's like, he ain't better than Isaac. He ain't better. Yeah, he, <laughs> you know that saying? dude ain't better. Yeah. So, that okay. So, so um, okay, let's go back up to 2006. All right. So, you're, you're meeting, you get up with Flash. Um. Again, we're, we've broached this. How did you meet Flash? So my amateur coach, um, Jim Young, he had a gym. Um, it was called Jake's Boxing Club. Okay. Jake's Boxing Club is next door to Mexican Civical Center. It, it's just a parking lot now. But it used to be a building there. And actually, that's the very first gym I, I, I worked out at when my dad took me to see Red. Because Red trained out of that gym with him. He was Him and uh, uh, Jake ran that gym together. Mm. And um, when... Obviously, when Red moved on, and and then um, Jake passed away, um, Jim still had that gym. So Jim, that's where I, you know, wanted to go. Jim had the gym. Jim had the gym. Dude, <laughs> what up, Jim with the gym? <laughs> but Jim, we um, I went back to Jim, and Jim was working with Flash. Okay, you know, and so that's how that's how I met Flash. Um, was was because of those two, and so when they ended up selling that gym, um. We all of them going over where Flash had his he had his gym, mm-hmm. you know. So that's something. Since then, I stayed. I was with Flash the entire time. That's the one in Holland or Mill I mean, Creek. He's had him everywhere. The first okay, one okay. I saw, I, I was with him at was on thirty thirty ninth South and was that ninth East, right behind that Seven Eleven. Yep. So they he, that was a gym. I don't think it's a restaurant now or something, but it was a gym at the time. It's the first time I saw him, and then he, he the big old the, parking lot. Well, it's, it's part of that parking lot, yeah. Or is, is it a, in a sport, like a, a mall? Uh, no, right across that Sev. Uh, okay, never mind. I'm thinking about the one that was in the strip mall. The Rancho Market is Kitty Corner from the, the Sev. 
Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, okay, yeah, okay. Anyway, so that so you guys transferred to his gym. And then the biggest gym he had um, where we actually had fights at was the, the Fight Coliseum. And that was over on 7th South and 7th, 8th South. It was on 8th South and 6th West, 7th West mm. by Fear Factory. Okay, okay. And so um, the, it's like... 13,000 square foot. It was, it was, it was a big gym. Yeah. Um, but he used it. He had fights there. Whoa. So that's how Flash got around having to rent places out. He'd have the fights there. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. So 10 fight winning streak. Um, you're, you're feeling pretty good at this point. I would imagine. Yeah. I mean, as far as your record's concerned, you got mm-hmm. like this thing, stuff going on at home. You're like, okay. Um, is I, I saw a fight with you against Paul, uh, Pauly, uh, Malinagi. Malinagi. Yeah, I was going to say Malinagi. Malinagi. Um, and where were you at when you fought him? Like, as far as mentally, like, going into there, like. Well, given only fights I ever had proper notice is when I was fighting at home. You really? Know, proper not proper notice. Like, fighting a caliber, okay, fighting Pauly Malinagi. After his loss to Ricky Hatton. Ricky Hatton. And yeah. so he was a world champion. He lost his belt. And the very next fight, I'm fighting him. And I got it on two weeks' notice. You know, but I, I, I stayed in the gym. I was always in the gym. Um, and I tried to stay around my weight at that time. And I fought. The funny thing about it, man, is I fought at 140 pounds for 20 years. Mm. You know. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I was 140 pounds. We fought at 140. Um, obviously, one fight, I just couldn't make the weight. I only missed missed weight one time my entire career, amateur professional. And I just couldn't make the 140 no more. You know, 141 is the lowest I can get. Um, and after that, I moved up to 47. Which yeah. gave me, I was a lot stronger at that weight. But the Paul, fight with Paulie, I looked at it. It wasn't about the money with me. Right. With Paulie, because I really didn't make any money. Um, not the kind of money you would think fighting an ex-champion. Yeah. You know, but I looked at the opportunity. I was like, if I beat this guy, look, look what this does to my my career. Yeah, hell yeah. On a big stage because it was Lou DiBello's card. Lou wanted to sign me already um, from before that fight. And even after the fight, he still wanted to sign me, you know, because of, you know, he's like, gosh, damn, you almost had him out. You yeah. had him. You had him. And that sucker, he's tough. He is tough. He's and quick he's as shit. Chart. Yeah. He's the fastest fighter I ever fought. He's really? Fast. He's fast. Yeah, he was fast as fuck. I was watching that whole fight. I was like, God damn, he's just so quick, dude. He's fast. And he doesn't have that knockout power like that. Uh, but he's, I Believe mean, I'm me, sure. It hurts. I, I was going to say, I'm sure it fucking hurts. It yeah. hurts. He yeah. doesn't have that Keith Thurman type of power. Yeah, yeah. But he, he has enough power to, to gain respect. Because if he didn't, he'd get bullied by everybody. Of course. And he doesn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, you know what? I appreciate you actually saying that because... Um, that immediately changed my view about it because like, yeah, of course his jab fucking probably hurt like a motherfucker, at least to like keep people so at bay. Time. I yeah. time his jab. I, I was watching and I was just like, I time. He, he showed different looks and it was, he throws feints behind it and it was so fast come up from the hip. You know, you won't really see it and it comes so fast and he throw three, four punches. Next thing you know, I punch and he's, he's over here. He, you know, I couldn't get to him. I couldn't get to him. <laughs> Wow. Um, okay, so after that opportunity, I saw you guys talking a little bit and all that. Like, what was that just a, that whole experience like? I mean, you were talking about Lou DiBella. Like, he was talking to you still about even signing you after. Like, I mean, at this point, you're, like, in a 
I mean, your career, like, you're seeing some pretty significant things happen, but um, where are you at mentally about, like, how to make that next move, that next step? Like, is, like am I getting signed, or what the fuck is going on? Like, I, I just have to understand well, the problem that. problem I was having like, with that situation, like, in that time, period, that time frame, was that the opportunities that I had, um, I didn't win them. If I would have won those fights, it would have changed my career. You know, if I would have beat Polly, it would have changed my career. If I would have beat... Devin Alexander would have changed my career at that time. You know, um, I just didn't take advantage of, I mean, like I said, every fight I got was short notice. Dude. The very last fight I had was on a three-day notice. You know, I lost 15 pounds in three days. I'm living off, I was eating a salad a day, no water to make weight. No water? They, they offered me money. And I was like, fuck, I haven't fought for all this time. You the money, you know, and same thing. I fought in spurts. Like, my energy was up and down um, with the weight loss. You know, the weight loss just took everything out of my legs. Took everything out of my legs, you know. But it's part of the sport. Yeah. What What would you say to the point of, um, I mean, you mentioned Devin Alexander. I mean, I looked at your record, bro, and you fought fucking Danny Garcia and Keith Thurman, too. I mean, what the fuck? When... As you were ranked as high as ninth in the world, right? Well, the amateur, amateur, well, amateur. I was ranked as high as number three in the world in, in in the U.S. In the U.S., um, I was ranked in the top ten for two years. My last two years in the amateurs, I was always in the top ten. Wow. Um, professional. Um, the fight. The funny thing about that is that um, dude, I fought like fifteen undefeated fighters. Yeah. You know, you think about it like all these guys that are that are world champions now, or even you know contenders. They're not fighting fifteen undefeated fighters. They're lucky they fight one. You know, they're they're not taking those type of chances, or those type of risks because they have a good promoter. You know, and they don't have to take that type of risk. Right. You know, if they do take that type of risk, it's for like an eliminator. You know, to win a title. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, and you're getting paid. You know what I mean? Yep. <clears throat> me, I, I couldn't because I'm coming from Utah. Nobody gave me a chance. I had to take these these opportunities because if I beat one of these guys, it changes my career. It changes your whole thing. You know? So, like, when you – like, how did the Keith Thurman fight come about? Like, Same thing, short notice. I had a fight scheduled in um, New Jersey, and Hurricane Irene, I think it was, came through that weekend of the fight. And so we had to leave. Um, we had to leave like immediately. Damn. And so that fight didn't take place. And so I got to, I was in the gym. I was in shape. I was ready to fight. And then I got a call, you know, for Keith Thurman. I was like, who's this Keith Thurman guy? You know? And so fight Keith Thurman is a week notice. Yeah. Yeah. And they gave me more than what I normally make for that, that type of fight. Yeah. And so why not take the fight? I was like, I'm in shape. I'm ready to go. And that motherfucker, man, dude, my, I'm still at the same, bro. Seriously, he hit me with the body shot. <laughs> Look, man, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not afraid to say. I'm not afraid to say. Oh, I got to stand up for that shit. I'm not afraid to say, you know. Um, he said. Getting stopped. I've been stopped, but I, I never quit. Yeah, yeah, of course. You know what I'm saying, like, I'd rather go out on my back, go out on my shield, and you know you're going to have a fight with me, you know, if you beat me. And he hit me with the, with the shot, dude. And, um, dude, I couldn't get up. No way. I I, I, well, I got up. Yeah. But he, he's like, you want to continue? Like, mm-hmm. He's like, you want to continue? Mm-hmm. And he's like, no, you don't. I was like, oh, I couldn't breathe. 
what, what, what round was it? The first round. <laughs> the first. This motherfucker threw. Are we allowed to cuss? Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. Um, this dude, he threw. Um, was a, a right hand, and he finished with the left hook of the body. Oh my god! And I wasn't expecting it. Oh. He just hit. He threw everything behind it, and I never hit like that in my life. Oh you my know? god! I'm not laughing. I don't know if it's... he broke a rib or something, but I still I still have a hard time breathing. <laughs> <laughs> he did something to me, man. <laughs> Did something to me, dude. Well, I mean, Keith Thurman. He, I mean, uh, what's his nickname? Fucking one time. Yeah, one time. So like, he has that fucking power. He, yeah, he's strong. He was strong. He was strong. I mean, punch driver fought. Ever fought? Yeah, yeah, by far. By far. Yeah, but was his, was his jab game that was like everything? No, he just was strong. Yeah, everything he threw. Like I was catching punches with my gloves, and I could feel him go, "Man, that hurt on my glove." Yeah. I go, he catches me clean. I'm going to sleep. You were thinking that? Yeah, like I was in thinking the- that. He catches me clean. I'm going to sleep. That kind of power. Yeah. I never had that feeling with anybody else. Wow. That's you know, crazy. Even with Danny. With Dan- Danny Garcia. I was going to. Uh, there you go. Yeah. Danny didn't have. Danny had um had kind of weird power. It was. He was. um His nickname is Swift, which I think it fits him perfect mm-hmm. because he's not fast. He's 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 more of a quick guy. Um, but he, he relies on counter punching and he waits for you to punch and then he'll punch. Yeah. So he punches with you, which is a great counter puncher, you know, so he doesn't really need speed. He's just timing. Yeah. You know, with timing too, he sets his feet and he waits for you to punch and then he punches when you punch. And so that's why he ended up catching me. Um, and I joke with them afterwards too, cause they, they stopped the fight on a cut and I said, you never put me down. Oh, hell no. He never put me down. You said that in the ring with him No, after the fight, I was like, oh, you uh, never put me down. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's an old saying. Like I don't know if you ever saw the movie, uh, um, the movie with Jake LaMotta, about, the Raging about Bull, Jake, Raging Bull. Yeah. So when he goes, "Never put me down, Ray. Never put me down, Ray." I don't never, remember that part. I gotta rewatch that now. Be the, Ray Roberts would be the shit of him, but they stopped it. What up, Jake LaMotta? Jake, dude lived like ninety something years. <clears throat> Jake LaMotta did he lived a long time. Yeah. Um. Wow, so that's that's wild. That uh, I mean, you, to be and the reason I brought the, the, those fighters up, and I'm glad that you put like more emphasis surrounding like how many undefeated fighters that you fought because to even have those three names on on your resume um, goes to the point of like you extending yourself to really fucking make a name and challenge yourself, really, but also like um, how. Uh, I mean, you said it like I'm just, one of these fights can change my whole fucking life. Essentially. You know what I'm saying? Like I can even, sit home and, and pad my record all I want. Right. I'm only fooling myself. Right. I'm only fooling myself. If I sit, sit at See, home and this I get is 17, what I'm talking about. 17 wins in a row and I got this beautiful record. I'm only fooling myself because I never, I never te- been tested. Right. You know, you got to go out there and you got to test yourself, man. You got to see if this is what you really want to do. If you're really built for it, you know, do you think that's true in life? Oh Yeah. Yeah, boxing resonates a lot with what I deal with um, daily basis with life. You know, um, the perseverance, you know, um, just facing adversity almost every day. You know, we compete on a daily basis just for our job. You know, if you don't do well enough, they'll fire you find someone else. You know, so it's it's daily competition. And so um, it helps me out a lot as far as especially with the quitting thing. You know, when life gets hard, because life has not been easy for anybody. You know, everybody has a different story. You know, I went through a lot before um, with my ex-wife, 
my kids, um, financial problems at the same time. You know, it was just a lot to deal with and to, to persevere and overcome it. You know, I know I can go overcome anything, you know, because of what boxing taught me. Do you, uh, thank you for that. That's, that resonates a lot with me. Um, as far, as far as like just pushing through and getting through challenges and adversity, man, because there's a lot that, um, I've, I, I admittedly that I've succumbed to like, uh, 2019 was a rough year for me and I don't know, you know, uh, to come out of it on the other side. Um, I feel just very lucky for real to, to have an opportunity to see, uh, have a positive outlook on the, on the world because I was a very dark place. Um, very dark place. A lot of people can stay there too. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So you, you made the right decision. You chose to change your life and not everybody, not everybody's built like that. Yeah. You know, I think it comes from a lot of competitive sports though. Um, and also because I, well, there's just, just, just the, the want to continue to work on yourself, like in basketball, football, growing up, like, uh, you had a train, but I'm, and I, this isn't like an equate, like what type of training you went through. What I, the point is, is that through that type of training and then also through basic training and like, there was a click moment in basic training when I was, uh, when I was like, damn, I just figured this whole thing out. Like I was getting, I was taking a lot of the shit personal that they were saying to me. And then I was just like, Oh wait, I mean, this is just, this is like your job. Like you just like, you go home after this. Like I, Oh, you don't mean what you're saying to me. You want me to succeed. And so I just won. I just got power through that. So like a lot of that type of training, that mental, um, those mental gymnastics that I had to go through in order to stay even keel and stay on a route of success got me through a lot of that. But I definitely found a, a place where I could have felt fallen very fucking deep um, for sure. So. Glad you're still here, man. Yeah, me too, Doc. <laughs> Shit, what the fuck? Um, okay, so there's a couple things I want to talk about. I don't want to hold you too long. So um, per your, when we talk about uh, like um, Paul Mal- Malinaji and his his uh, record of like, when he bat- fought you, it was like 25 and 1 with only two knockouts or whatever. And your record at the time was... Um, I don't sixteen six or so with eleven knockouts or was it? Um, it was it was something like so. I'm just saying your knockout rate, like percentage, is definitely like through the roof. I mean, much higher than a lot of folks that are uh, at a welterweight. Uh, what was like one of your what what was your go to punch or what was like a go to like. I mean, you were knocking cats out, t- TKOs or stoppages or whatever the case was. I mean, there had to be some sort of strategy in place of you utilizing, obviously, your brute force. And um, and uh, what was your favorite punch? You're like, okay, I got him now. My favorite punch is any punch, punch I can hit you with. Let's go. <laughs> you know, Let's go. Any punch I can hit you with. Because the thing about it when you're in there, man, is that things that won't go as planned. So you have to be able to adapt. They never go as planned, right? Yeah. So you got to you got to be able to adapt. So you it's and you don't see guys doing it now. Um, but I used to I used to set traps um, with guys, and so I I would do something to see his reaction, to see how he would react to it, and then we go around, and I knew if I do it again, you know, for instance, I jab to the body, you know, and see his reaction. If he goes and drops his hands to block, I know I could do it again. 
I know I could bring it up. It depends what hand what hand he blocks it with is what hand what hand I'm gonna use it to counter on him, right? Yeah. So you jab to the body and he drop his his right hand to to block it, then I come up I fake jab and I come up with the left hook. He drops the left, left right hand, then I'll come up with the right hand. Right. So so it's um what whatever he would he would do, I would I would take what he gave me. Yeah. In all my fights I, I have fought, um it's never you never go in there plan this. You go in and just mindset like I'm gonna go to work. I'm gonna go to work. I'm going to work. Yeah, I'm going to work. So I'm gonna go in there, I'm gonna work. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna do that, and see how he, how he reacts to what I'm doing, what he's doing to me, how I can counter what he's doing. So it's it's a chess match. Yeah. You know, um and that's how every every fight basically is. I mean it's, I'm not guys out with left hooks. I'm not guys out with body shots. I'm not guys out with right hands. I mean, just whatever opportunity is there, I'm gonna take take advantage of it. Whatever, whatever, whatever they're showing. Would you say that you have what um, uh, more power than like like I guess the fair weather welterweight? Um, yeah, that's the question. I think every fighter has power. Yeah, every no no no. What I mean as far as like knockout percentage wise, like yeah, I believe if anybody gets caught in the right in the right spot, it doesn't matter your punching power, you get you get them out of there. Um, I did have, I remember I hit guys with with jabs, and I could see the reaction in their face. They they were they were like, I don't want to get hit with that again. <laughs> you know? And so that's just with the jab. Yeah, you know, and so it kind of like, oh, I got you now. You know, then you start setting them up. To throw you can tell it pretty heavier. quick. You can, that, that they're... Sometimes you can hear it. <laughs> nah, Sometimes stop guys, it. Guys, <laughs> <laughs> you know, you take the wind from them, you, yeah. know, you, you can hear it. You know, and then you see their reaction as yeah. well. And so. So any punch, that, any, any punch was your favorite punch. Any punch that landed was your favorite any punch. punch yeah, any punch I can land on you, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, I think that. How I just was thinking about like someone being in the ring and how you were describing like this chess match essentially, like and the traps that you would set and shit. Like that is, um, that's just like an incredible sport. Like the mental mind game of like doing that, that's it's a whole different animal outside of just going in there to punch and like fight. Like you could really like. It goes to your point. You could really get fucking hurt if you're not putting any sort of work and effort into it. And obviously, if you're fighting any amateur that gets into the ring, they either have some sort of idea that they're, um, you know, in in that same chess match match with you, or you catch them and they're just not on the same level as the chess player that you are. Would you equate, uh, like boxing and the what would you say is this is the question? Would you say that boxing is more mental than physical? I, I believe sports is more mental than physical in general. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Why, you, if you have somebody that's okay, you have somebody that's not as good, um, not as athletic, is not as good an athlete in, in whatever profession that he's doing, um, but he has a mental toughness and he thinks he's the greatest. That's tough to beat. Mm. That's tough to beat a guy like that. You know, they always say it's hard to beat a guy um, that's undefeated because he don't know how it is. He doesn't want to lose. You know, somebody that's had a loss, they know how it feels. You know, it depends if you want to have that feeling again. You know, some guys are comfortable, you know, with that feeling, you know, but you get guys that are mentally strong. Um, it's, it's in all sports. 
Yeah. You know, I mean, that's that's more martial than physical because you're in the gym every day, so you know you're physically fit. Yeah. You know, a lot of it is getting prepared here, and especially getting prepared for what you're going to be going through because sometimes it's, it's going to be a lot, you know? Not every fight is easy. No. You know, and so you're going to go through there and you get hit with some, some hot shit, and what are you going to do? You know, you got to make a decision on what you're going to do. You got to make a decision. You know? So, like I said, it's like, Playing chess, but you're getting hit at the same time. That's so things fucking change crazy. When you mentally, things change as as you're getting hit. Cause you have to think of the consequences. Yeah, if I do this. I'm gonna get hit with this. <laughs> you know. I normally have something to say pretty quick, but I it's hard for me to wrap my head around being because I I I thought that. Uh, I mean, I've boxed, but nothing crazy. I've never like boxed, boxed, um, and so to be in the ring and like have strategies to hurt someone which isn't wild i mean fuck it but uh i've just never boxed so it's always just been like i'm going in to if i've like put on gloves like with my brother or something like it's just like i'm going no strategy there's no yeah and you get tired fast yeah yeah like there's nothing wild with that or excuse me like um strategy yeah there's no strategy but to like go in and like look across the ring and see that someone um, is just as potentially or more prepared potentially or whatever the case is like that. As I was thinking about that and um, I was like, wait a second, I fucking have. And it's through battle rap. It is exactly through fucking battle rap. As far as like that mentality that I was telling you about, like going into a ring, sometimes you can tell if the other guys just got it already before the fucking match starts. You can just feel it. You can just feel their energy coming off, and you're like, "Oh man, they are fucking ready to go." You know, like I'm not, I'm not in the same mental capacity as you are right now. Like I want to win, but you want to fuck me up. You know, like and you can tell like sometimes in I the don't first. Want four- to? I get paid to. <laughs> no, different. I know, but like <laughs> in some cases, sometimes fucking people even they get paid to do it as well. But I'm talking about like in. Uh, well, not getting paid. It's just some people have a fucking different energy to them when it comes to that shit, you know. Um, and you explained that, so like, you got to be scared of a guy who, uh, what'd you say that uh, hasn't lost or it says that's a dangerous fighter. That's yeah, undefeated guy has never lost. Yeah, yeah. You know, he's never, he never, you don't know how how it feels. Right. Um. So that's what it, you can tell when you face someone who's like one pretty consistent uh, when like in battle rap, you know, you'd be like, Tam, you, you definitely haven't um, been tested super hard. And I don't know if I'm the one to fucking test you because like your first round was like very in my face and very direct. And I don't have a lot of those same bars. Like mine are like maybe more jokey or some shit, you know, like I, so I, I can only liken it to that, but that's the closest I can get. And that's not fucking that close at all, you know, but that's the closest I can get mentality wise because there is some sort of chess game that's happening while you're looking at someone. If you're a great freestyler and you can, you can get around a lot of shit. Yeah. You that's like Emerson Kennedy, that dude, he, he, he always takes your best line and then he'll flip it. Right. You know? And so that, that's part of gaining that momentum back. Yeah, no, it's totally fucking right. That's what I'm saying. It's that back and forth and shit. Mm-hmm. And if you feel like you're not prepared enough and not ready for it, you can get caught with your fucking, you can just get caught on the chin and then you're sitting there stuck, you know, for real. I've definitely been caught like a couple times. Shit, this, it's, it's a, it's a weird feeling to be honest with you because like you can have a lot of momentum 
going and it all be taken away like in like two lines from the other person like and if you don't it, normally i've been able to like bounce back but there's been a couple times where it's like i don't feel like i got it right now like it's wild you know you beat yourself already yeah i know that no 100 percent. that's what i'm saying it's mental bro and it goes back to what you were talking about the mental shit mental shit and it's like in, in yeah, life in your mind that I'm not going to lose. I'm not going to lose, you know, so you can do everything you can to win. I mean, I'm not saying that I won all my fights because I haven't, but uh, every fight I went into, I knew I could win that fight. I knew it. I know I didn't win every fight, but I knew I, I could beat whoever's in front of me. I knew I could beat him. Yeah. You know, I knew that in the back of my mind and flash would tell me all the time, you know, that I could beat the guy. Like he was kind of like pumping me up too. you know, if I don't know if he didn't feel like I was prepared because I was really, I, I zone out a lot when I get ready for fights. I don't, I don't talk to anybody. I don't, I don't talk to anybody. I'm just real short. You know, I'm just like, yeah, like I'm just focusing on what I got to do, you know, and I'm envisioning the fight a million ways in my head because you don't know how it's going to go. You know? Yeah. You saying that piece, I know I'm going to cut that. Like uh, you saying like every single fight that you went into, I knew I wasn't going to lose or what you, how'd you say that? No, every fight I went into, I knew um, I, I could win that fight. You could win the fight. So I, I didn't yeah, go yeah. into a fight thinking I'm going to lose. I'm going to go down, lay down, collect a paycheck. I never, ever did that. I always went into every fight. Saying, I could win this fight. I took a fight on one day notice. One day notice. Chris, you want to fight tomorrow? I'm like, sure. <laughs> Who is it? Yeah. You know? And it was a guy that I used to train with. Um, we sparred many times. And um, strong, strong. Willie Walton is a, is, a, is a friend of mine. But um, we used to train together, and he had a, a show here scheduled, and the guy didn't show up for the weigh-in. And it was on a Friday night, and they called me and said, hey, you want to fight? I was like, yeah, what weight? You know, well, what, what, what weight do you want? Yeah. I said, I could probably make, I don't know, 143 tomorrow? I say pizza. <laughs> you know? I just, just had some pizza. So I fought him on one day notice, dude, and they should have stopped that fight. They should they, they they didn't stop that fight. I beat the shit out of this dude. He's just they should have stopped that fight. What? Dude, the Utah is one of the last places to have a stand, standing eight count. So a standing eight count is the same thing as getting a knockdown. So the point system is a ten point must system per round. Winner gets ten, loser gets nine. Now if you get knocked down, you know once, then it's ten eight, twice ten seven. Like every you get a point taken away. And I I, I had him. I had three standing eight counts, and I barely won. I'm like, one of the scorecards, like, if I wouldn't have had those, he would have beat me. I'm like, you got to be fucking kidding me. What? It's just a four-round fight. Yeah. You know? Um, and I knew I knew, I knew, knew Willie pretty well. I knew that he was strong. I knew he had quick hands, but he'd gas out. He would gas out. He, everything he throws, he's throwing for the win. He's throwing everything. Yeah. Everything he's got on every punch. You can't be a George Foreman, man. You can't do that. I knew if I waited him out, I'd get to him, and I got to him. And you just had to wait him out. I just had to wait him out. I had to take what he had, and little by little, every round, start working on him. And then the last round, I I turned it up. You know, I started catching real good in the third round. And in the fourth round, I turned it up. And that's when I got him three standing eight counts in one round. Damn. Can you you can tell when they're when he's fucking tired, yeah? He's dancing, dude. <laughs> 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 he got somebody that's dancing like this. He got no legs. Yeah. You know, so, oh, yeah, you know. And you know you catch him, and you when he grabs you, and he's not really grabbing you. He should be grabbing you. He he's barely grabbing you. I was like, oh, yeah. I know he's he's out of it. Damn, that's wild. So so anytime anywhere, it sounds like uh, you fucking ended. I mean, it's just a wild career to me. It's it's a lot. 
it's it's eye opening, honestly, man. I mean, we have to have a part two. We have to have a part two because there's so much more that I wanted to talk to you about. And um, no, 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 I, I'm going to hold on to this because uh, I still want to talk about like when you sparred with Zab, what that was, what that week was like. Um, Tyrick Robinson, that ba- that fight, uh, being at the Blue Blue Horizon, like that's a huge fucking venue. Uh, you did your homework. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then when you won the WBU welterweight championship, like what was that, that peak? Like, um, there's so much I want to still talk to you about. There's so much I still want to talk to you, but we've, we've gone about an hour, about a little over an hour. So we're going to come back for part two. We there's so much. Um, but I feel like I got to know you so much more, which is way more fucking, uh, valuable to me because I think a lot of what you said has even inspired me to, to further what progression I've already made, like the, it helps me, um, so much. So I just appreciate it. And I know that a lot of the folks are going to be able to, uh, take something from what you were speaking about, because there's a lot to be said for someone who took so much time off. I mean, honestly, a lot of like prime years uh, to some degree and to put yourself back into a very, uh, violent sport. Um, and, achieve some of the things that you achieved i think it i think it probably prolonged my career yeah because my last fight i was 37 yeah and i couldn't do it no more you just couldn't i just couldn't my body couldn't do it no more i was fighting with injuries um for years because you're in the gym every day you're not knowing when you're going to get your next call to fight again so you got to be ready you got to be in the gym every day and when you have a, a elbow injury you have a hand injury you have a shoulder injury how do you rehab that can't take time off you gotta just mm. fight through it yeah you know you just fight through it so man that's that's that shit that I'm talking about, like the, like overcoming in the adversity piece, and we've spoke about that pretty uh, like a ton this whole fucking time, you know. And I feel like that's a trajectory for a fucking fighter. Is like there's a ton of, I don't even know if it's just a fighter. I think in life, I think what you said was true too. Like there's a lot of parallels with life and mm-hmm. and uh, and being a fighter, or like even you know whatever you're training for, like very seriously. Um, I know that I've reached some very tall peaks in like professionally, you know, and then very, very deep lows professionally. I think everybody has. Yeah. But like to fight, as we were talking about, um, to fight back out of those, like, I mean, it takes character, man. It takes a lot to, to really do that. And like that spirit that, you know, um, I don't know if you're a religious person or you believe in God or whatever, but, uh, um, some sort of spiritual aspect of like believing, um, that you have it inside of you and, and whether it's an external being that has your back, we call it God. Uh, for me, I feel like, I mean, it might be that, but also just like that you are, you're, you are, you have God in you. And so you can, you can make it as long as you can make it like maybe like the next hour or the next fucking well, think about it, man. If you are religious, we're made in God's image, right? Right. So God, God is spirit. Um, God is everything that we are. You know, He He we have everything that God has in a sense. If we're made in absolutely His own, his own likeness, and so obviously He put Him in us to, for that fighting spirit. He knew all of us are going to have our our dark times, going to have our ups and downs. And me going through what I've gone through in life, I never get too high, bro. I never get too high on things because I know eventually. You know, it's going to start storming. It always does. Right. But I know during the storm that the sun's going to come out eventually. You just got to kind of wait it out. You just got to wait it out. Just wait it out a little bit. 
that's just life though. I try to educate my, my kids like that. Um, cause they going through their own issues, you know, and just tell them that you're going to go going through this your entire life. You know, don't, don't give up. Don't give into it, you know, overcome it. Mm. You know, once you overcome it, then you'll accept, you know, the good and bad. Like I said, I never get too high, man. I always stay pretty much even kill all, all the time. Damn. I mean, I think a lot of us could take from that. And I also, I, I, as you were saying that, man, I was, I'm thinking like, man, I do get pretty high on things. Like I, I, I fucking get super stoked about some shit and then get, and then have, uh, just get bummed out. You know, I'm like, fuck man, it's fucking not as cool as it was last week. You know, um, to continue to fight, man. Every day is a fight. Everybody, everybody. I don't mean, like I said, I don't know what everybody's going through. Everybody has their own stuff they're going through, you know, but every day is a fight, bro. Every day is a fight. Fucking get through it and get through the rounds. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Man, you fucking got this, yo. You got this. I got this. Fucking Chris got this. I want to give you a a shirt, bro, um, a Mike Master shirt. Uh, you've been a huge supporter for so long, and um, I appreciate you a ton. And uh, our next event's in February. Thank you. Yeah, hell yeah. You're very welcome. Thank you for coming by. And and it's the 17th, right? The 19th. 19th. I'll be there. Yeah, yeah. And then the the next big battle's in March. On um, We're looking at the 18th. But I got to get the venue locked in, um, hopefully by the end of this week. That's uh, the goal. Either way, I really appreciate you. Just uh, You've always been super supportive. And um, to learn a lot more, and I still have so much I want to talk to you about, um, to tell a lot of folks, you know, you know, the reason why, and I got to say this, you know, the reason why, um, one of the big reasons why, uh, I'm making, like, I wanted to make this happen is because of Mike, because he was like, uh, he was like, you should, you should get the champ on. You should get Chris on because he has, he has so much to fucking offer and, um, I totally fucking agreed with him. This was like probably like a year ago or so. And so, and every single time that I'll, when us three would get together, like we'd be fucking rambunctious little motherfuckers, you know? So I was like, why haven't I ever just fucking got you on? Because like, I, I've always wanted to know more and man, we've just scratched the we surface talked about that at Mike's house. We did. Uh, I know we did a couple did. years ago. I know we, and I, that was before your album was coming out. Yes. We talked so long and I wish I had, recorded even just a little bit of that but it doesn't matter because i retained a lot of it but i just remember being so involved in that conversation of listening to you that's why a lot of the stuff that you were talking about i remember but there's a lot of different things that i don't like that keith thurman thing obviously i don't remember I, I i know you didn't talk about that so that's just a wild experience but in general just like the coming up and being where you're at and um this journey, man, like to be 37, I'm 37 right now. So like thinking about what I'm doing in my life professionally with, with music or even with Mike masters or the transition I'm going to be making to like promoter type of thing, you know, like something different. I don't know if I'm, I'm, I don't know. I'm in a very different place in my life right now. So, um, I just thank Mike for, uh, putting in my ear to, fucking talk to you on a different level than just like us sitting around having a drink because that's, even still that's very fucking valuable but I wanted people to fucking I wanted to capture it because I wanted people to fucking see that you're fucking got so much to, to really offer just through some of the a lot of the wisdom that you got to push through so I hope you guys appreciated it Chris Fernandez 
uh, WBU welterweight champion. Um, what what was that at? One forty. One forty seven. One forty seven. Yeah. Okay. Um, yo, man, the fucking champ. Like, you can. I'll. I'm gonna put up some clips and shit, but uh, check out his YouTube. There's for some older stuff. I don't even know if you know about like the Kid Ko YouTube. Oh my my channel on yeah yeah yeah, um just Kid Ko K A Y O. We didn't even talk about like the origins of Kid Ko, but um, there's gonna be a part two. I promise you have to come back for a part two. Please come back for a part two. Yeah, of course. Okay, we're gonna do a part two. Look at this, look at this, people. I I barely even went through a a fucking quarter of that because of uh and we're at like an hour and 15 minutes normally this is just about an hour but i couldn't help myself i kept looking at it i was like oh my god there's not going to be any way to get through it short story bingo episode five um is there what about any socials do you even care about any of that shit no No? okay spying on me (laughs) um and we're out man so thank you very much and fucking like subscribe all that shit it's free it Beats the algorithm, and I really appreciate it. So, short story being our stories, episode seven. Then that's sure it. Have me, brother. Thank you, dog. I do appreciate it. it. Yeah, sure. let's fucking do it again. Dun, dun, dun. Spare fingers. Yes.